you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, socially distancing from the Fantasy Hall of Famer, Michael Fabiano. Uh, what's new, Fabs? Anything? <laughs> How come nothing like I mean, at least we're going to get baseball, right? But it, it seems like every day the media is pushing the coronavirus is spiking and things are getting worse. And it's just like I just want some good news. So I guess that we know we're going to have a baseball season that fits into that category of good news, right? Yeah, no, it does. And, and, and you know, now, now that you mentioned it, this that's a perfect segue to bringing in, you know, last week we had a guest. We had J.J. Zacharyson on from Number Fire. This week our guest is yeah, a guy who is certainly very familiar to all of us. Uh, it is our own Mike Florio, who is a researcher with NFL Media. You can also find him as a writer at Fantrax, at Rotoballer. Also co-hosts a show on SiriusXM uh, with our pal and one of the big names in the industry, Scott Engel. Uh, Florio, first off, I got to say, one, welcome to the show. Two, 
Um, you share a name with another prominent football personality who recently had a Twitter feud. And I just want to know if your mentions are OK right now. <laughs> believe it. Well, thank you guys for having me. And believe it or not, it was better this time than previous times. And, and everything <laughs> was trending. People were sending me screenshots of that. Like, oh, man, what'd you do? And I just like, it, it's not me. So what, what was what was the other Florio's uh, Twitter beef about? I didn't even know anything about that. It was, I think, coronavirus related. If okay. I, I, I'm not even fully sure myself. I try to keep my distance because people just attack me for stuff I don't say. So I'm like, <laughs> why bother? Right, right. Yeah, you need yeah. to. You need to like. Do you have a middle name? I do. What is it? Frank. It needs to be Mike F. Florio. Well, that or is Michael a- F. Florio. This That's way, your handle right. You yep. just you are you are distinguishing yourself from the other Michael Florio. The, the middle F in my Twitter handle does nothing. I like people, <laughs> I type two Fs in and they still just think I'm that guy. Well, I think the part of it is that one, the the pro football talk Mike Florio doesn't tweet under his name. He tweets under the pro football talk handle. So I think when people get mad, they know that it's Mike Florio. And I think when they just Google Mike Florio Twitter, your name comes up. <laughs> so. he, he should have his own account because, yeah, he, he tweets from the pro football one, and then everyone who gets mad at him tweets at me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you are on the long, you're on the list of, of people who have names with other people who do unfortunate things. I mean, you know, I it's it's I know it's frustrating on Twitter when when somebody with your name does something that draws public scorn and then you have to sort of deal with the backlash that that sucks. See, I'm lucky. The other Michael Fabiano is an opera singer. So I always get tagged in these uh, sort of performance dates. Michael Fabiano <laughs> will be performing at this place on this date. And then he gets, you know, so questions he gets, about where, where Russell Wilson should be drafted. Right. I'm so. sure he gets ang- he gets angry tweets about people that, you know, you gave me bad advice or no, something. You know, no, exactly. So, uh, man, somebody who doesn't give bad advice and just helps us out all the time, though. It's our faithful producer, senior Edward L. Murphy Esquire. Murph, I know you're still back in New York. How are things back there? They're good. Uh, actually, uh, this fabs will love this. Yesterday I had to do uh, some uh, – girlfriend uh duties with her family so i was up in greenwood lake new york fab does that ring a bell to you at all maybe a famous yankee player from there it does ring a bell greenwood lake yeah i'll give it a hint give me a hint war jersey number two. Oh well so so mike mike gallego right yeah <laughs> wait wait how, how many other yankees that uh have worn number two can you name how about dale barra I mean, I, I honestly don't even know. I mean, they've all been lost to history because yeah, of that so last yes, guy yes. wore number two. Derek, Derek Jeter. Yeah, so he's from the town, and uh, he actually just sold his childhood home. His uh, It's been in his family for years, and he built on the property in, like, typical Jeter fashion. Very, very big castle-like uh, mm-hmm. uh, facility going on there. It's like a compound. But he actually recently just sold, like, two years ago for, like, $17 million. So maybe we start pulling our money together. We could uh, – <laughs> Is that – is that where the home run sculpture from the Marlins park ended up? Did he just take it down? And it his right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right where the, the water hit his, uh, his brick wall. That's where he put the, 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 <laughs> the, the, the home run statue. Um, no one big special topic for today's show. We got Florio on. I just wanted him to be part of our conversation. There were just a handful of headlines that have popped up uh, in the last week or so since we last talked to you all. Um, I just felt like it would be kind of interesting to get Florio's take on as we just kind of bat them around. So we'll just kind of jump in. 
the first thing is there are a couple of big name fantasy relevant fantasy coveted wide receivers who were in the news recently. Josh Gordon has applied for reinstatement. I know this feels like I'm, you know, talking to you from like 2017 or 2018 <laughs> or 2019, but I'm not. Uh, he has applied for reinstatement. Meanwhile, the Ravens and the Seahawks have both admitted that they've had internal discussions about Antonio Brown and possibly signing him. Uh, Florio, I will start with you as the guest this week. Do either of those names excite you? Is there one that you'd rather take a shot at this year in fantasy drafts? I can't do the Josh Gordon thing anymore because Thank I've you. been <laughs> chasing him since 2013. And it just, it, we all have. When you're 0 for 7, I mean, at some point, you got to <laughs> just say it's time to give up. But I am targeting Antonio Brown in like early best ball drafts. He's going late, like around 16, 17, even later sometimes. And I think at that point, Knowing his upside, knowing that a couple of teams are already interested in him. Yeah, he may have to deal with a suspension if and when he does get signed. But I just think at that point, the upside is greatly outweighing the risk. I mean, what are you expecting out of a pick that late anyway? I don't think any pick that late can match the upside of an Antonio Brown. Yeah, 100% on board with that. Um, I've been targeting into I've actually seen Antonio Brown get picked in redrafts uh, in a 14-teamer. We did that for the FSGA yesterday. Uh, on Sirius XM and in redrafts, I guess, like if you're in a, if you're in a larger league, then absolutely it makes sense. But in best ball, you know, Mike said it like, what are you getting there? You know, like Demarcus Robinson. I mean, like, what are you, you know, what are you getting there? Like hell take a shot on Brown. If he comes back, he's going to be suspended very likely for any number of games. And then when he returns suddenly, Holy cow, you've got one of the best wide receivers in the history of fantasy football. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's funny. I was in a, a redraft, uh, last night, redraft league last night and late. I mean, we're talking 16th round out of 18 rounds. I, I had Antonio Brown in my queue and was really looking hard at, at making the move. Uh, and then two picks before I was on the clock, somebody else took him. So the decision mm-hmm. was sort of out of my hands at that point, but it speaks to the fact that people are thinking about it, that they are considering, um, Fabs, is it over for Josh Gordon? I mean, I would think if he comes back, if he gets reinstated, some people will take a shot at him. But I feel like it's been so – 2013 is a long time ago now. Yeah, I know. And, you know, Mike said it. you kind of been chasing that for, you know, for what, seven years now. So I feel like if I'm in a deeper league or if I'm in a best ball um, and he is on a, on a roster, then I'm going to take a chance on him. But uh, unlike Brown, I would need Gordon to actually be on a roster for me to even consider drafting him. Um, because the, the, the ceiling is not nearly as high as it is with Antonio Brown. Let's put it that way. So, and with all of the trouble, it's like every single year reinstatement, suspension, reinstatement, suspension. Right. It's a roller coaster ride. I'm sick of. So, uh, I'd be looking harder at AB than I would be uh, at Gordon. Do either of you have a preferred landing spot for AB? I know, you know, like I said, Seattle, Baltimore have at least publicly admitted that they've talked about it. I would think. There are probably other teams that have internally discussed it that we don't know about. Do either of you have a spot where you just say this is the perfect spot or because it's Antonio Brown, does it not matter really? Baltimore. I would love to see him in Baltimore. Like if he ends up anywhere, number one, he's going to be motivated to play the Steelers twice a year. And <laughs> yeah, and, and he's got he's got his, his cousin there, uh, Hollywood, right. uh, along with him. And the Ravens don't have a number one wide receiver. I mean, Seattle's got DK is, you know, he he's trending in, in, into that direction. They've got Lockett. Uh, so 
Baltimore could, I mean, could use him. Imagine if they had him in the playoffs last season against you know right. Tennessee. Maybe <laughs> things would have been a little bit different. But um, I, I'd like to see Baltimore if he comes back. Uh, yeah, Florio, you, you feel that way too? Any, any any other possible candidates for you? Of those two, I would pick Baltimore, but I kind of hope it's neither because I'm I'm really high on Marquise Brown this year. So I think obviously if Antonio was to sign there, that would take a lot of the luster away from him. I think Tampa Bay is still a sneaky team that could sign him, but no, really- no, no, no. <laughs> I wouldn't. No, want they that. got they got enough. They got enough, man. What is it? I mean, hell, no. Brady loves them. I, I know, but like from a fantasy perspective, I don't want that. <laughs> I'm hoping that he doesn't sign until someone gets like injured or we see something like that in preseason and then he comes into a team that has opportunity for him. But as of now, I guess of those teams, I'd pick the Ravens, but I don't love any of them. The, the problem, though, is like if if Brown doesn't get signed until a team has a need because of injuries or coronavirus, when he comes back, he, he's not going to play right away because the NFL is going to discipline him. Right. So I the, 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 the best case scenario for me would be that somebody signs him now or within the next few weeks, and then we know, well, okay, he's going to miss six games. He's going to miss eight games, whatever the case may be. And then life's a little bit easier for us, and we can determine his value a little bit easier. But if it's a situation where the regular season starts and he's not on a roster and suddenly somebody signs him, and then all of a sudden we have to, well, he hasn't played football in a while, and we have to figure out when he's going to be back because discipline is likely, that's that's a little bit more of a, of a headache for, for fantasy fans. I, I do have a landing spot that I, I think would be interesting. I'm going to save it uh, because there's another topic in the show that I think we kind you of can't have him. He's not going to the 49ers, no, no, not the 49ers. <laughs> no. not, although, you know, now with Debo Samuel hurt and, you know, out potentially for 12 weeks, who knows how long, I mean, it'd be nice, but no, that's, that is not, that is not what I was thinking. Um, Just, just, you know, Interestingly enough, as we're talking about guys who are free agents that that we might be taking a shot on in drafts, um, any any thought to maybe in redraft leagues or not redraft leagues, but in best ball leagues, maybe taking a shot at Devontae Freeman, thinking that at some point somebody's going to sign him, or is he just too off the radar right now? No, dude, I, in best ball, I would take him late. Why not? Mm-hmm. Because again, same sort of situation. What, especially at running back. I mean, what's right. going to be out there? you know, in the last couple of rounds at running back in, in a best ball. And I I feel like, Marcus, he will end up signing somewhere, but I don't think it'll be a situation where he'll be with a team in camp. Uh, ultimately, it could be one of those situations where a team suddenly has a need. And in this sort of coronavirus, you know, situation that we're in right now, you know, we, we, we found Zeke has, has already contracted it. And all around the sports world, dudes are getting it. Golfers right. are getting it, uh, you know, baseball players are getting it like five Phillies got it or whatever it was. Um, hell, even WWE, there was a guy uh, who, who got it. So that's going to happen. And a team is going to have a need. And Devonta Freeman's probably going to be the first uh, running back that a team is going to call uh, once that need uh, opens up and it will happen. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of running backs, that, that takes me to Baltimore where the Ravens are saying, they want to involve J.K. Dobbins, and they know that they've got a lot of guys in that backfield. For them, it's a good problem to have. Florio, for us, this seems like a bad problem for, for the Ravens to have, that there are too many guys back there. Are you worried? Have you been worried? Are you increasingly worried about the split between Mark Ingram's, J.K. Dobbins, and you know, throw in the rest of those guys there in Baltimore? Yeah, this is a backfield that I'm – 
avoiding in fantasy. A, a lot of it is because my strategy is to get at least two running backs early, which means when Mark Ingram and Dobbins go in like the rounds four through six range, I'm typically attacking wide receivers. But even last year, like we saw a split between Ingram and Edwards and Ingram was playing about half the snaps each week. Uh, so you don't love to see that that opportunity of him being half the time that you have the ball. He's sitting on the sidelines. And then you add in Gus Edwards, who was effective runner last year. They have Justice Hill. It, it's just a lot of pieces there. And, and it, you have to also imagine like Lamar Jackson is still going to keep running the ball a great amount. And I know that opens things up for the running backs. But if we're talking about guys seeing like 12 to 15 touches per game and it's mostly carries, I, I'm going to avoid this backfield. But I will say for next year. I think J.K. Dobbins is going to be an all-star because Mark Ingram's going to leave. J.K. Dobbins could be a league winner this year. I really feel like it. Ingram is is heading into his age 30 year, and we know what happens sometimes with running backs at the age of 30. And I just feel like he won't take the job from Ingram. Ingram is a respected veteran who's still very productive. Uh, but if anything should happen to Ingram, watch out for J.K. Dobbins. And, and you know, Florio, you mentioned next year, giddy the hell up man I mean between him and Jonathan Taylor and maybe some of the other rookie running backs who aren't going to get a chance to be featured right away ooh, 2021 is going to be a lot of fun I think you hit on something interesting too Florio you talked about the running backs and most of their touches being being rushes and I'm, I'm trying to think like the Ravens don't have that guy that you would look at and consider, okay, well, he's the pass catching back, right? You look at so many other backfield committees. You've got that guy who's sort of your thunder, who, who you know is going to get those short uh, yardage, those goal line carries, be the heavy, if you will. And you've got maybe a guy who is more the pass catcher. I, I mean, unless I'm, unless I'm mistaken, unless I'm missing somebody, there doesn't seem to be that guy in Baltimore, right? And that does sort of limit how you can value those running backs back there. Yeah, last season, none of the – and they only had three last year. Now they have four guys who were expecting to be in the mix. None of them averaged two targets per game. So <laughs> – and in PPR, I don't think enough people realize like how valuable a target is for a running back. In PPR, they're three times more valuable than a carry on average. So – you're talking about like Ingram and, and Edwards and these guys, if they're also split and Dobbins now, if they're splitting these carries and not seeing a lot of targets, they have to be super efficient on those carries. Which one of those guys is going to get the touches near the goal line? Because that's going to be the one that is obviously going to be the one that we want in fantasy. But if they're kind of splitting that work or anything, I, I think the upside here is one of these guys can break out to be an RB1. But the downside is that this is just a complete mess for fantasy. You don't really know who to start where the top guy is still nothing more than like a low end RB2 because they're splitting so much work. Yeah, it's funny you talk about, you know, the targets in terms of running backs. Uh, if you look at last year. Uh, Derrick Henry's kind of like the exception to the rule, right? Derrick Henry, I think he averaged like one target a game <laughs> or like 1.3 targets a game. In fact, <laughs> as, as I look at it right now, he is in a list of, uh, of running backs who average fewer than two targets per game, including Daryl Williams, CJ Ham, Justin Jackson, uh, Raquel Armstead. You, you get the, you get the point. So uh, Henry is the exception to the rule, but yeah, the, that, that's what makes these versatile running backs so valuable in fantasy. And, and that's why you are seeing versatile running backs, especially with Henry being the exception to the rule, go so quickly in drafts. Like I, I, that draft that I, that I was a part of yesterday, 
14 teams. I think 11 of the first 12 picks were running backs. Wow. I I mean, like it's amazing. It. We have we have sort of come full circle on we've come full circle on this, right? That uh, damn right. As a running back, <laughs> this is the way right? it always should have been. Always. We were trending away from from heavy running back first rounds. Now we've sort of come back to Remember heavy that? running back first. We round. trended away from it for for one year, and I begrudgingly was trending away from it, and I really wasn't. <laughs> and all the wide receivers busted that year. All the big names, and everyone was like up in arms. What the hell's going on? I mean, but we're right. back to we're back to old school fantasy football boys, where the running backs are the most no. important position, and no Here's one can argue it. If we were back to true old school fantasy football, we'd have like eight quarterbacks gone by the third round. You remember that dude? Um, like I mean, when I, Peyton Manning was a first round pick, Brett Favre, Cordell Stewart was going like in the first round. This was before your time, Florio. You weren't even born yet, I don't think, when, when Cordell Stewart my, was uh, around. My first ever pick in a fantasy football league was Dan Marino. Back in, 19, back in 1994, he was the first pick I ever had in a fantasy oh, football man. league. Mine, coincidentally, was MJD. Is that oh, right? No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mine, was, my, mine was Terrell Davis. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like, I took Dan Marino, and it wasn't it wasn't odd. It wasn't uncommon because a lot of quarterbacks went early back then. So I used to yeah. – I remember having Troy Aikman as a Cowboys homer, uh, you know, on some teams back in the day, and I'm like, Thinking, damn man, he's really good in real football, but in fantasy, but not so much. Sucks, man. <laughs> yeah, not so much in fantasy, right? Exactly. Like, that was a hard lesson to learn for a lot of people. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, speaking of quarterbacks, Mike Tomlin uh, says medical experts are comfortable with Big Ben's rehab. Uh, he's been working on his elbow. Obviously, missed pretty much all of last season because of it. And the Steelers' offense and a lot of their fantasy values suffered as a result of that. So, Fabs, because the doctors say they're comfortable with it, do we feel comfortable with it? Because uh, I actually recently wrote, there hasn't been this much hanging on somebody's right arm since Henry Rowengartner took on the Mets in the National League Championship <laughs> in the movie Rookie of the Year. Oh, wait, you know what? I mean, Florio probably even remembers that. I'm, I'm, assuming, <laughs> I'm, assuming, I'm assuming the Mets lost that, right? Uh, yeah, well, because you know the Cubs, of course they did. The Cubs course, won the World Series in that movie, right? They're the Mets. It's the Mets. <laughs> we're, we're also like really evil for some reason. Jeez, <laughs> oh, Louise. So with Roethlisberger right now, I have him ranked uh, 16th at quarterback. So you know he's in the middle of that QB two conversation. He's getting drafted really late, but you could say that this this draft that I was a part of yesterday, like Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Roethlisberger. I don't even think Rivers got picked and it was, it was a 14 team draft. Like it was crazy. So that that's, that's where you have to understand that the strategy uh, of waiting on a quarterback needs to be ingrained into your brain, unless you really want Mahomes or Lamar. And I get it. I understand, but that's the key to building a really well-balanced fantasy football team, man is like, Running backs early, then you go with the wide receivers. Maybe you pick up a tight end in the middle, but you wait at that position unless somebody falls to you, Marcus, right? Unless it's like, you know, it's Deshaun Watson is there in the eighth round or Russell Wilson is there in the eighth or ninth round, and then maybe you pull the trigger there. But Roethlisberger is part of that whole thing, right? The elbow is good. Um, we, we, we've seen, you know, some some videos of him sort of throwing the football to some of his teammates and the and these workouts that the players have gotten together and done uh, over the offseason. And the, the weapons he has is tremendous, tremendous. And 
I mean, hell, Deontay Johnson is is like this year's Hakeem Butler, right? Yeah. Everyone in fantasy loves the dude, think oh. he's going to be great. Uh, Hopefully, like, he doesn't turn out like right. right, right. I mean, I, I mean, yeah, yeah. Of course, uh, I think Butler that kind of like phased out when he ended up getting drafted by the Cardinals, and that was that was the end of that one. But uh, Deontay Johnson, if he develops, you've got James Washington, you've got Juju, you've got Connor. You know, you add Claypool. Like Big Ben's got a lot of options in that offense. I mean, it's not Levit Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown, but it ain't bad. Yeah, uh, I mean, does this Florio make you feel better about the other Steelers? That are you? Because I feel like I've been hesitant. I've been hesitant on Juju, even James Conner. Um, you know, Deontay Johnson, I'm fine with because I've been getting him at a spot that I'm, it's not a lot of risk. But does this give you any extra confidence about maybe drafting Steelers a little bit earlier? Uh, I guess a little bit uh, because the thing I still worry about, like I, I have no problem taking Ben where he is going, but with like Juju, like you have to still pay a high end price. And the fear is still, I mean, Ben is still almost 40. Uh, he is still, you know, an aging quarterback who I think one big hit could take him out. And we know that they did nothing to address the backup quarterback position, which is beyond frustrating to me. Like after seeing last season, how can you go into this year and be like, we're fine with Big Ben and Mason Rudolph and <laughs> Duck Hodges? Like, I, I thought like Jameis would have been the perfect backup here or mm-hmm. something like that. But so they, I, it is something that Cam I am still out there. Cam, I, I would take Cam. Yeah. It's something that is in my head when I think about taking and and Juju is the one that I'm, I'm probably drafting the most. But it is something I do consider before drafting any of these Steelers. Yeah, I I just you know. I feel like the range of outcomes with Ben is so wide, right? Like he can stay healthy and look like Ben and be a top five quarterback or things could completely fall apart and he falls off the rails. Like, I just feel like there's, you know, everybody else, I kind of have an idea of how things are going to go. Ben is the one that I just sort of very wildly on. Um, and so because of that, it is, it's kind of made me hesitant uh, to draft any Steelers there. Um, in New York, Rashad Perriman says the Jets offense can be really dangerous. So I will just put it to you guys. Hype train or smoke screen? <laughs> the Jets. <laughs> Come on, man. Who's the coach? Adam Gates. That's all you what has he ever done in, in an offense that didn't have Peyton Manning as its quarterback, Marcus Grant? I mean, not much. Don't, uh, don't give me Jay Cutler, okay? Because, like, I mean, you know, and you can go back and look, like – Adam Gase has ruined more fantasy careers th- than he has uh, helped to flourish. Let's just put it that way. Hello, right. Le'Veon Bell. What happened with him? <laughs> and and Perriman, like I mean, he ended up in a good spot. But I mean, Brashad Perriman is one of the one of the bust wide receivers that we talk about who have have just absolutely faltered after coming uh, out of college as a first round pick. Like people forget he was a first round pick of the Ravens. The first round pick. Yeah. And, and like the only the only reason that he had a good second half of last year is because the two guys ahead of him got hurt in Tampa Bay, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Jameis threw the ball to the wrong team a million times. The Buccaneers threw a ton because Bruce Arians likes to throw the football a ton. Now he's going to the jets. He's going to Adam Gase. I'm not going to say anything bad about Sam Darnold. I think I still think he could be uh, a pretty good NFL quarterback, but I mean, listen, I am just, I'm not like Adam Gase just, I'm not in any any jet that you get. You better be getting a discount, whether it's Le'Veon Bell, whether and Perriman will go late. Uh, Herndon will go late. Darnold will go late. Uh, Crowder probably in the middle rounds. But I, I'm not I'm just not a believer. You know, when, when I look at uh, the wide receivers who have played under Gase, right, 
Demarius Thomas had two big years. Peyton Manning's throwing on the football. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders was a top five PPR wide receiver. Um, Peyton Manning was throwing on the football. Eric Decker was a top 10 fantasy wide receiver. Um, yeah, Peyton Manning was throwing on the football. The only player, the only wide receiver who finished in the top 10 under Gase without Peyton Manning was Jarvis Landry in 2017. That was it. Who was That's the poster it. child for PPR receivers? Yes. I mean, like he and Julian Edelman are like one and two in that. That's it, bro. I mean, like Jamison Crowder was 26th, I believe, last year among wide receivers in PPR leagues. And like he's top eight all time in Adam Gase's offenses. I mean, like if that doesn't scare you, then nothing will. So I will put this out there. What if the Jets sign Antonio Brown? Not going to happen. I mean, look, I probably look, it probably won't happen, but I look, I mean, we talked about Seattle. We talked about Baltimore. We talked about like, what if Antonio Brown goes to the Jets? They don't, they don't have a number one wide receiver, right? I mean, I don't think we believe Brashad Perriman is that guy. Uh, Jamison Crowder certainly isn't really that guy. You've got a, a young quarterback with potential in Sam Darnold. You've got a running back that he's familiar with in Le'Veon Bell. Uh, you don't really, I mean, you don't really have any pieces. I know it probably won't happen, but man, Antonio Brown to the Jets, I think it's interesting and worth talking about. I mean, I mean, Florian, am I, am I crazy or what? I don't think you're crazy, but the biggest question I would have is, does Adam Gase want him there? Because they took Le'Veon Bell and Gase was like, yeah, I don't want him. And then, want him. And then right. I mean, he just completely derailed Bell's season. So uh, I, I, I'm with Fabs here. I, I, I worry a lot about the Jets offense. I mean, outside of Peyton Manning, Gase's offense has never finished in the top 20 in points. And they finished once, I'm sorry, in yards. And they finished once in top 20 in points. So I mean, you're talking about taking away the one of the greatest quarterbacks ever and his offenses are completely awful. So I think Antonio Brown would help the Jets and it would help Sam Darnold, but I think it would hurt Antonio Brown more so than if he went to better offenses with actually competent head coaches. I agree. So- I agree with Marcus that as a landing spot, it's pretty good because there's, you know, there isn't a number one wide receiver. I mean, you could argue they don't have a number two wide receiver like, you know, Jamison Crowder would be a three uh, in a lot on a lot of teams in the NFL. But I just, I don't know that that's going to happen. I, I, but Hey, crazier things have happened, but wouldn't it be wild Marcus if the jets ended up with bell and Brown on the same roster again, right. that'd like be awesome. that'd be that. Yeah. That, be that would be something else. Yeah. I did have this weird, weird thought deep in the back of my mind that somehow uh, the Steelers and AB sort of kiss and make up and he comes back to Pittsburgh and they make one more run with like the killer bees, right? With Ben Brown and, and bell uh, because I, I say the, the bell part, because um, there was some talk that if things go sideways for the jets again, this, this year, that they might look to move Le'Veon bell uh, at some point before the trading deadline. Now, I can't imagine a trade to Pittsburgh would be feasible or anything like that, but it was fun to talk about. But I guess the up the upside is maybe we can get Le'Veon Bell out of New York, <laughs> get him somewhere where he can be productive again. Yeah, uh, because the, the talent is still there. It's, right, the coaching is just ugh. has yeah. not been there. Not not at all. Um, so those are all kind of the big the big football stories I had. I, Florio, we got you on, and aside from you know talking about fantasy football and, and doing research for the NFL, you also do a lot of fantasy baseball stuff. Um, I know we are all baseball fans here, and I know we have all been watching um, probably with some some heartache and heartburn the strained negotiations between the owners and the players. 
But it looks like finally they have come to an agreement that we're going to have a season. It's going to be 60 games. Um, part of me as a Dodger fan feels like this will be the year the Dodgers win it and it'll have a big fat asterisk <laughs> next to it and I'm going to be frustrated, but whatever. But for you, I mean, writing about fantasy baseball, talking about fantasy baseball, how much do things change for people with just 60 games as opposed to 162 games over a season? Yeah, it, it's a big debate right now. Like if you drafted before, if your league drafted before the hold the lockout, like should we redraft? Because I think it is a completely different game. Like the divisions, you're going to be playing your division teams 10 times. And then each team has a rival that you're going to play six times. Like Fabs, I'm a Met fan. You're a Yankee fan. We are rivals this year because they're going to be matching up more than any other. I love it. I love it, man. I want to beat up on the Mets all day long. It's actually been really good for the Yankees though, because you know, we, and I say we, because this is, you know, almost 40 years of being a fan. So, you know, don't at me. Judge hurt, right? I mean, like Severino, obviously we're not going to get him back, but the Yankees have had some injuries, you know, that then of course Stanton, I, I Stanton, um, but <laughs> all these guys had a lot, of, a lot of time to get healthy, man. Like, so that's, you know, that that's a good thing um, for the Yanks for sure. Going to be interesting. I haven't done, because Florio, you're in my fantasy baseball league, which I got to figure out now when we're going to hold the draft, because I'm still going to do it. But now you're looking at changes. Like, do, do you feel like, teams should sort of follow in the direction of what like Marcus and I and a lot of the industry folks in fantasy football have been talking about and expand the rosters, designate roster spots for COVID players, that kind of thing? I think you should because, I, I mean, we've already seen that now as teams, because now this was just a financial negotiation up to this point. Now they're worrying about the actual issue at hand being the virus. And like Charlie Blackman has already tested positive and he is a huge piece in fantasy baseball. And I think we're just going to get more and more guys who test positive. And then something else you're going to have to worry about, which you never really had to like Mike Trout is expecting a, his first child in August. He has already said he is going to be with his wife. So now does Mike Trout have to quarantine for 14 days before we could get him back? And if so, and if that's the case, Mike Trout should not be the first pick this year. Like he should be falling a good amount of, because if you take away two weeks out of 60 games, that is a huge chunk of the season. So, yep. And then you're going to have players holding out like Carlos Carrasco, who dealt with leukemia last year. Like he might hold out. And so if you drafted Carlos Carrasco, like what happens now? You know, like he was a high-end pitcher. So there's still a lot to figure out. And to me, like in like a head-to-head fantasy baseball league that's normally 20 weeks, now you might have a regular season that's five or six weeks. So to me, it's just – it's super dilated and – a lot like the Dodgers, Marcus, I think if you win a fantasy baseball championship this year, it's going to have an asterisk next, next to it. Just a, from a, a strategy standpoint, and I, I'm thinking about, you know, we've seen in, in baseball now the, the rise of the opener um, and how teams have gone bullpen heavy. I, I would think with a 60-game sprint, do you guys expect more – do you expect them to, to air out their starters longer, or will we see more openers? Will there be more – uh, reliance and emphasis on bullpen arms. And I would imagine that changes a lot of your draft strategy as well. I, I think so. And my strategy as of right now is going to be emphasizing the high end closers because like you said, we've seen more openers. And I think what we're going to get a lot of because spring training 2.0, as they're calling it, when they could have called it summer camp, 
Um, it's, <laughs> it was right there for them, it, right? It really was. Um, but it's going to be about three weeks, they're saying. And I don't think that's enough time for pitchers to get, you know, to where they're going to be going six, seven innings right out the gate. So I think we'll see the elite high-end pitchers still go pretty deep. But these back-end arms, I wouldn't be surprised if we see them go three or four innings and then you bring in another, you know, pitcher like that, like a swingman type pitcher to go two, three innings. And I think a lot of teams are going to also follow the Rays plan, which is just kind of like mix and match your back end of the bullpen. You don't have a set closer because when your starters aren't giving you innings, you're going to need all arms on deck. So I'm going to go though with the teams that with the closers that I think are established, like the Araldis Chapman's of the world and, and Kenley Jansen and those guys who we know are going to get the ninth inning opportunity when their teams have a lead, because I think, those fringy starting pitchers, one bad start out of 10 maybe that they're going to make can just completely ruin your fantasy season. So there's a lot of things that we have to consider that we've never even had to think about. So what you're saying is the Yankees are the favorites to win it all because we have the whole thing in baseball, right? The, the Yankees and Dodgers are the, still the two favorites, and I think their odds are even. So you guys could be playing each other. And, Marcus, you got to be at least like breathing a, a sigh of relief because like you may have otherwise traded – a lot of rookie, rookie bets, bets and not and got anything <laughs> away after a year. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's pros and cons. One that, yes, they will hopefully get to see Mookie Betts play for a little bit. Um, the downside is that I have this irrational fear that every day the Dodgers play, my biggest worry for them is that they just don't get no hit. Like I spend at least a couple of innings in terror of like, please just don't get no hit. When they get a hit, then I can just calm down. So now that feeling gets to come back again for better or worse. (laughs) Um, Real quick though, like what what is the, because I haven't followed this uh, as closely as you have. What's the plan for stadiums? Like where are are they going to be playing? Have they determined that? Like what's going on with that? So they are going to be playing in their own parks. And that's why, like, instead of, like, playing other all NL teams or all AL teams. like a, It's just like, all local geographically. Yeah, like, so the AL East and the NL East are matched up against one another. Like, the Dodgers rivals are going to be the Angels. So they're going to play them right, more yeah, than yeah. any other AL team. And they're going to be busing and stuff. But another complication that I just saw this morning was, like, New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. are. If you come into those states from another state – they're making you quarantine for two weeks. I know they're not going to do that with baseball players, but like, how is this all going to work? I think there's a lot of questions that they still need to figure out in this next month. So this is going to be, this will be the first year. God, I, I, since I can remember that I will not be going to a live Yankee game. I've seen the Yankees every, it's almost always been like Anaheim since I've been out in California, occasionally the Dodgers, this is the first time I'm not going to be able to see the Yankees live, like because they're not going to be out here unless they go to the World Series. And at that point, if it's the Dodgers, do they even play games out here? Like, is it neutral? What do they do? Boy, they got a lot of questions, man. Yeah, I did see an idea floating around on Twitter that uh, at least for the Dodgers and you know, in, in certain places, like maybe you just drive your car to the parking lot and you turn on the radio, and then when good things happen, you like honk your horn or flash your lights <laughs> or something like that, like you know, just so you can have that communal feeling of sort of watching games with a crowd. Who knows? And yeah. sitting in all that traffic. Uh, I mean, it brings that the Dodger Stadium. Yeah. Field. It would just be like that, you know? You just buy, buy yourself a pack of Farmer John hot dogs from the store and you just uh, you know, bring them out there and, and have a good old time. That That is one of the worst places, man, like Dodger Stadium. I love the stadium itself. But yeah, I remember, is I remember, yeah, I remember going to see the Yankees years and years ago, and it was long ago because Rivera, Rivera and Rivera closed out the game. The Yankees won the game. Um, 
it took an hour before I got out of the parking lot. Yeah. <laughs> the, stadium, the stadium itself is gorgeous. The, yes. the, the transportation to and from not so much. I, I, I love going to uh, Anaheim. That stadium is a that's really easy to stadium. get in and out of yeah. family friendly yes. stadium. You get in and out of there quick. That's a really good place to see a ball it's, game. It's easy to get in and out of. And, you know, if you don't mind kind of the Disney atmosphere of it, then uh, you're fine. <laughs> Sorry. I prefer the Disney atmosphere to some of the atmosphere that you see that in was, some of those Dodgers games. That was, that was me taking an unfair <laughs> shot at the Angels is all that was. <laughs> um, Florida, before we let you go, uh, tell folks anything big you're working on, where they can find your stuff. Yeah, you could follow me on Twitter at Michael at Florio. That's kind of like the one stop shop. But like you said earlier, uh, doing a lot of football work for Roto Baller. I'll be dialing up some baseball stuff, too, now that we actually have a baseball season. And then uh, every weekend with Scott Engel on Sirius XM. Cool. Awesome. And uh, we look forward to hopefully, you know, we're crossing our fingers. We're going to have a football season that starts on time. And uh, so we look forward to having you back as a as a researcher for us, too. That'll be, uh, that'll be I'm great. looking forward to it. I miss you guys. Yeah, you too, man. It was uh, it was good to talk to you. Absolutely, Same here. good stuff, Mike. All right, so there you go. That is it. We are done. We appreciate you listening and downloading and watching and all that good stuff. You know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, eighty three point one percent of statistics are made up. Take care of yourselves. We'll see you next week. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. You've probably heard a lot about electrified vehicles lately. Well, Toyota has electrified options for every lifestyle. We've got hybrids. No plug needed. Right, let's go. But we also have plug-in hybrids, if that's your thing. <laughs> you can even go 100% electric in the Toyota BZ4X. With so many options for reducing carbon emissions, Toyota is electrified, diversified. Oh, oh, oh. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. 
You ever get that feeling like the concrete jungles closing in? You crave wide open spaces, the chance to chase your own dinner, or just breathe clean air. Well, listen up. There's a whole world out there waiting, and finding your piece of it just got easier. Head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, you name it. Search by acreage, price, location. They've got it all. No matter what kind of wild dream you're chasing, land.com can help you find the ground to make it a reality. So quit dreaming. Head over to land.com, find your open space, and get out there.